Good morning. I have a couple questions I wanted to ask you, or actually to ask if you had ever had these questions. Have you ever wondered, what should I be doing with my life? Or have you ever asked yourself, what direction should my life be taking? Now, I can remember when I was in college, I had these questions a lot. I was not sure what to major in at first. I had no idea what I would be doing after school for a while. And there were all kinds of people on the college campus eager to give advice. There were academic counselors um, there to advise students on what you should major in, what classes you should take. And once you're out of college, there's plenty of people who still have a lot of advice for you. There are career counselors out there who will try to give you advice on how to advance your career, or maybe advise you what kind of job to change to. There are financial counselors out there to tell you what to do with your money. There, um, you might go to the doctor to find out, well, what should I do about my health? The world offers a large number of people out there wanting to give counsel. And a lot of people have very impressive credentials behind their name. And a lot of them have perhaps some very good practical wisdom. But have you ever asked the Lord, what is your will from my, what is your will? What would you like me to do? Now in terms of finding direction in the physical world, a lot of times we turn to um, the internet or electronic devices. Say I have to find my way to somewhere on the road. Oh. Can anyone tell me what this is? GPS. No, not a smartphone, but it's a GPS. It stands for Global Positioning System. So this is something I use every day at my job. So I'm a home healthcare worker. And every day, I go to visit different patients. And a lot of times, I have no idea where my patient lives. I see that they're on some street in Fremont or Union City or Newark. But the fact is, a lot of times, these are streets I've never heard of. So every day, I plug into my GPS um, a patient's address, and from there, rely on the directions from my GPS to tell me where to go. And most of the time, thankfully, it's pretty accurate. Most of the time, it will tell me my expected time to arrival before I get to my destination. A lot of times, it will tell me um, to take a left on a certain street or continue two miles on another street and to watch out for my destination on the right side of the street. But what would happen? So indulge me in a little um, imagination here. What would happen if you could type God's will into a GPS? What would it say? Where would it lead you? So this morning, we're going to consider how to know the will of God. And at first, you might think, well, I mean... Is it possible really to know the will of God as precisely 
as a GPS giving me directions? I heard a yes. And we're going to look at a few verses today. We're going to turn to the book of Ephesians in chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 15. We'll read a few verses. And we see in the scripture that it's not only possible to know the will of God, but it's actually commanded that we know God's will and that we do it with precision. So I'll read a few verses in Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now, looking at verse 15, we see this word walk. Now, walk is not referring to me literally putting one foot in front of the other. We're not talking just about physical walking here. Walk, especially in this book of Ephesians, refers to all the activities I'm engaged in in life, whether it's how I treat my coworkers, what I'm doing at work, how I treat my family, all my relationships, all my thoughts, everything I'm doing in my life. And I'm told to walk circumspectly. And I want to look, uh, turn that word over for a minute, the word circumspectly, because that's not a word we use in, in everyday life. Circumspectly speaks of accuracy. It speaks of doing something very carefully, doing something very precisely. To give you an example, say I'm climbing up a very steep mountain, and there might be only one foothold or handhold that will be the one that will support my weight. If I grab the wrong foothold or handhold, I'm going to go sliding down the mountain to my death. This is, this is a situation where I have to do things circumspectly. And we see these, this um, word, circumspectly, we see this in regards to the Lord's will. I should be doing everything in my life exactly as the Lord wants me to, with precision. So if I want to do things precisely, well, I better understand what the will of the Lord is. It's really in our best interest to understand what the will of the Lord is. Looking at a couple of verses down, it says, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, if I flip that statement around, let's say if I do not understand what the will of, of the Lord is. And the Lord says, I am being unwise. I'm being foolish. I'm being stupid if I don't understand what God's will is. Now you might think, 
well, I mean, what's the harm in doing my own thing? Can't I just do things the way I want to? Do things according to my will? I mean, don't people do things every day without asking for what God's will is? And things seem to be okay for them. But this is what God says about me trying to do things on my own. I'm going to read a verse from um, Jeremiah. This is uh, Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. And here the prophet says, O Lord, I know the way a man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. And we have it there pretty definitive. It doesn't matter how smart you think you are. It doesn't matter how much training you have. It doesn't matter how many degrees I have. It doesn't matter what kind of resources I have at my disposal. The Lord says that it's not, I don't have it in me to lead my own life. I can't make my own plans. I can't forge my own trail in life. Now, maybe I can go ahead and try and do my own thing. Maybe I can make my own plans. And maybe in the eyes of the world, I might be doing well. Perhaps I might get a job. I might be well off financially. I might even get married and have a family. But it's not going to be what the Lord wants. It's not going to be what's best for my life. If I do try and make my own plans, I can easily end up in a very bad situation. Even if I reason and do all the research and think, well, this, this should work out. This, this looks like the right way to go. Well, the Bible has an answer to that situation. It says in Proverbs 14, 12, it says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is a way of death. If I choose to live my life without knowing what the will of God is, I might as well be a person trying to go out on the road and have no idea where I'm going. I might as well be a person that just shuts off his GPS. Now, I can tell everyone in this room, to some extent, what the will of God is for your life. Now, if you're here today and you're not a believer in the Lord, I can tell you right off that the will of God for you is to obey the gospel and get saved. Let's confess before the Lord that you're a helpless sinner deserving of hell and ask for the Lord to save you from the just penalty of your sins. Now, if you have any questions on how to do that, feel free to talk to me afterwards. Now, if you're here today and you are a believer in the Lord Jesus, then I have to say that there is a lot to say about what the will of the Lord is for you. In fact, there's a lot more than I can say in this one message. And we're going to look at five ways today to find out what the will of God is. Now, just to make something clear from the outset, 
the will of God is not some, this vague, mysterious thing that I have to really search out and try really hard to figure out what, what, what is it. I should not be thinking, how in the world do I find out the will of God? Or I shouldn't be thinking, what in the world is God's will? I have no idea. So, the first way of knowing God's will is right in my hands right now. That's your Bible. God has already revealed a lot of his will to you right in his word. The fact is, there are many things as a believer I should be doing on a regular basis. There's never a reason for me to be sitting idle and doing nothing. I should never be sitting around bored thinking, well, I don't know what God's will is. There's so much to do in this book that um, you know, there's more, it's more than enough to keep you busy for a lifetime. Just to give you a few examples. Do you have brothers and sisters in Christ? Well, if you do, it's said in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, that you are to love one another fervently with a pure heart. Do you have a job? Well, if you do have a job, then you're supposed to work at your job as if you were doing it for the Lord. Just looking at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5. It says, Servants be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, and sincerity of heart as to Christ. If I'm working as to Christ, I should be working pretty hard. I should be giving of my own resources on a regular basis to the Lord. It says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. I should be showing hospitality to my fellow believers. In 1 Peter, again, chapter 4, verse 9, it says, Be hospitable to one another, without grumbling. I should be trying to share the gospel with unsaved people. Because the Lord Jesus in his great commission said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, of course, this wasn't a comprehensive list of the Lord's commands to us. If you want to longer list, feel free to just read one of Paul's epistles. But the fact is, the Bible shows you God's will and how you should live, how you should treat others, really what, you should, what your character should be, really what you should be and what you should be doing in every area of your life. If you want to know what God's will is, you have to be regularly in God's word. The writer of Psalm 119 says in verse 105, 
says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now, if I use the imagery of that writer in the psalm, if I'm not in the word regularly, then I'm like a person going out on a path without a light. Or if going back to my driving example, I'm a person who's driving in the dark without his headlights on. I'm just asking for trouble in any case. And by the way, I don't want to say that all those commands I mentioned are easy to perform. Perhaps I know that I am supposed to share the gospel with someone, but I just don't know how. They just seem like such a hard person to approach. Or maybe I know that I'm supposed to show hospitality to someone who's needy, but I'm just not sure how. It seems like such an overwhelming task to open my home to someone. Well, feel free to ask for advice. Ask like the elders, well, how, how would I share the gospel with this person? And we see in the word, advice is a good thing to look for, godly counsel. It says in Proverbs again, this is Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22. Without counsel, plans go awry, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. A second way of knowing God's will. Prayer. Just talking to God, asking him, what is his will? Have you honestly asked the Lord the question, Lord, what is your will? What would you like me to do? Now, in the physical world, if we're unsure of how to get somewhere, well, we can't get directions unless we ask for them. So with the Lord, if we are wondering what to do, well, let's ask him. In Psalm 25, David prays a good prayer and asking for the Lord's will. He says in verse 4, Show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. And very connected with prayer is a third way of knowing God's will. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Going back to that verse, those verses in Ephesians, it says, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, what does that mean to be filled with the Spirit? So elsewhere in the scripture, we know that the Holy Spirit dwells in every believer. It says that once the person's saved, the Holy Spirit is given to every believer. And this Holy Spirit is spoken of as a guide, as someone who will guide you into all truth. That's how the Lord Jesus spoke of him in the Gospel of John. So God himself, God the Holy Spirit, is inside me. So if the Holy Spirit's already inside me, then why am I commanded to be filled with the Spirit? I mean, the fact that he's inside me, doesn't that mean that I'm already filled with the Holy Spirit? And actually, the answer is no. I'm only filled with the Holy Spirit if I allow him to take control of my life. Now, I can easily let myself be 
controlled by other things. Now I see just from this verse in Ephesians, do not be drunk with wine, it's possible to be controlled by outside influences like alcohol. I think we've all heard that term uh, DUI, driving under the influence. And the fact is, I can be filled with myself. I can just be full of my own will and wanting to do my own thing in life and not listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say to me. Now, by being filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm making a conscious choice to surrender control of my life to the Lord. It's like me saying, I don't want my free will anymore. I just want the will of the Lord. And I have to say, this is, um, I said that just in a few sentences, but that's not an easy thing to do. If we're honest with ourselves, I think a lot of us will say we like to be in control of our own lives. It can be difficult to relinquish control of your life. Now, going back to that driving example, again, I can say for myself, I'll confess, I like to keep my hands on the steering wheel of my car. And Christina can tell you in her first year of marriage, I was kind of uneasy sometimes when she took the wheel. And she told me, like on some of our long road trips, like going down to Los Angeles, she told, oh, Michael, you can just go ahead and take a nap. But I, can, I'm, I'm, I wasn't comfortable with her driving style yet, so I was wide awake. I think, I hope she doesn't mess up here. And I had a recent experience, this, this was just, um, yeah, not quite a year ago, um, Christina asked me if my sister-in-law, Charity, her sister, could borrow our car and drive to Santa Cruz. Mm. I said, honey, I need to think about this just a little bit. And the truth is, you know, Charity, I mean, she has a fine driving record. I haven't heard of her getting in any accidents in quite a while. <laughs> but I was very uneasy giving her the car keys. I was thinking, what if she dings up my car? What if she gets in an accident? And then going back to what the Lord's will is, you know, am I nervous handing over control of my life to the Lord? Am I nervous that he's going to mess up something in my life? Do I have doubts about how well he would control the steering wheel of my life? And well, I may not have actually said in those words, you know, I can, I'll have to confess myself that you know, I have, I've had doubts at times, and I have not wanted to give control of my life over to the Lord. And it's really, kind of, it's really silly when you think about it, because there's really no one more qualified to take control of my life. I can't say that I'm, I cannot say that I am all-knowing, but the Lord knows everything. I can't say that, I'm all, that I am all-powerful. The Lord can. I can't say that I'm all-wise, but He is. It really makes perfect sense for me to turn control over of my life to him. In everyday life, if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, 
I should be daily giving all my decisions, all my activities, all my actions, all my thoughts over to the Lord. I may schedule my day according to the Lord's day, not according to my day. And every decision I'm making, it should be with the Lord's mindset and not mine. And I need to be humble. I need to be brokenhearted. I need to be emptied of self. There's no room for, there's no room for me if I want to be filled with the Spirit. I can't be half-filled. I don't want to be half-filled. I just want the Lord to have all of me. So I need to let yield control of my entire life to Him. And really, I need to be open to taking direction if I want to be filled with the Spirit. Now, when it comes to the physical world, if we have to find our way somewhere, if we realize we're lost and we don't, we're not quite sure how to get to a place, we're normally very open to taking direction. Now, every time I type in an address in my GPS, I'm really acknowledging I do not know how to get to where I have to go. Every time I'm looking up uh, something on Google Maps, I'm acknowledging I don't know how to get there. I need help. Now, am I that way with the Lord? Now, when you think about when using Google Maps or using your GPS, you're actually exercising a lot of faith in your GPS. Because even though you don't see your destination in front of you, you're trusting that everything this GPS is saying is correct and that you're going to get there based on everything that's inside the map on your GPS. But if I'm really willing to take directions from this little thing, well, I should really be willing to take direction from an all-knowing God. And it's a great promise if we are willing to take the Lord's direction and not keep our own hands on the steering wheel of our lives. These are some, this is a, a couple of verses from Proverbs chapter 3. It's verses 5 to 6. The Lord says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. The Lord gives a promise that he will give you direction. A fourth way. Fourth, if I want to know the Lord's will, I actually need to be doing the Lord's will already. Now, something about the way a lot of GPSs work They don't give you direction, they don't give you direct, new directions unless you're already moving. Let's say I'm, I, plug into, um, I plug in the chapel's address to my GPS, and the GPS says something like, continue two miles, then make a left on Falcon Drive. However, if I'm not moving, if I'm not driving those two miles, the GPS will, will remain silent. I'm not going to get any new directions. Now, 
And spiritually, we should be in movement all the time. Earlier, I mentioned just a few commands in Scripture about our need to share the gospel, about our need to show hospitality, to love one another. But if I'm not already following the directions given to me, why should I expect God to reveal more of his will to me? Now, we can have our minds on faraway questions, on like, what is God's will for my life in marriage and career, where to live? And those are important questions. There are certainly things that you want, do want to take to the Lord, you know, where to live, what to be doing, who to be married to. And the truth is, and you know, I could say I've been there too, we often get very impatient in regards to these things in our lives. I mean, there were times where I'd think, I want to be married yesterday, or I want a house today, or I want kids next week. But the fact is, if there's something the Lord wants me to be doing before those big events I'm focused on, I need to be doing his already revealed will before looking for direction in those other areas of my life. Once I've done his revealed will, then I can expect further direction. Fifthly, let me ask godly counsel if I want to know the Lord's will. Sometimes there are some situations it's really not clear at first what to do. We have some direction from the word, but perhaps I still need some clarification. Sometimes it's very good to have a good outside perspective. Because sometimes from my vantage point, the way to go is just not clear. Now me and Christina, we had an experience last year that really showed me this, just in uh, the physical world. I was wondering, has anyone here ever gone um, wall climbing? No? Or, or indoor rock climbing. That's another name for it, okay. Yeah, it was a very tough workout. So for those of you who have never gone, um, there is a wall that's probably about 40 to 50 feet high. You have a harness attached to you, so you're not gonna fall and die if you let go of your handholds. But there's a high wall here, and there are different handholds and footholds of various colors, shapes, and sizes that you have to hold on to in order to get to the top. And um, looking from the ground level, it actually looks pretty clear on how to get to the top. But when you're on the wall, it's a different matter. When you're on the wall, you're straining with every, bit of your, every um, muscle fiber of your fingers to stay on the wall. You're sweating. And as you look upwards, you see a whole bunch of different colors and shapes of different handholds. And it may not be clear, what's the best one for me to grip? And what me and Christina found was that it really helped to have someone uh, down below to spot the person on the wall and to give you a little tip on, um, I think you should probably go for that foothold instead or try and go for that purple handhold. Now, spiritually, it can be this way, too, in our lives. There may be some situation 
that I really just cannot give an unbiased, objective opinion on. Now going back to those situations I mentioned, perhaps you're interested in marrying someone. Well, you have some, you have, um, some guidance from the Word. The Word says that you should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. So of course you want to make sure the person you're interested in is a believer. But then even if two people are believers, it's not necessarily God's will that you be together. But the problem is, I might be already so emotionally invested in this, in this other person that I really cannot give a fair assessment of the situation on whether I should marry this person or not. It's a good opportunity to ask, good time to ask for counsel. Or take the job situation. Perhaps I really am unhappy with my current job, and I have all my hopes and all my desires set on this other job that looks perfect. But I am so fixated on this way out, on this new job I'm looking for, that I really do not see things that are wrong with this new job. It's times like that that it really helps to have someone give a fair assessment, a fair appraisal. Well, if you go to this new job, these are some of the downsides. Well, I can say I've been very grateful, grateful many times over the years for the counsel of people like Eric and Don and Howard. Another good practice too, sometimes you just have to slow down. Take Take some time just to list the pros and cons of the situation and see how that list matches up with scripture. Now I just went over a number of things, five ways to help us know the will of God. Now briefly I'd just like to touch on some things that can prevent us from knowing the will of God. Perhaps it seems like I'm not receiving any direction from the Lord. Well, the problem is not on the Lord's end. It's on my end. I need to take a look at where am I? Am I walking with the Lord in such a way that I can receive instruction from him? Perhaps I need to examine myself and make sure I'm in a position where I can listen to him and he can speak to me. How is my relationship with the Lord? If there's any sin in my life, then there's really little, direct, little reason why the Lord should be giving me direction. It says in Psalm 66, verse 16, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. If I have sin in my life, I have cut off my line of communication with the Lord. And I'm not just talking about very obvious sins like adultery or outbursts of wrath or being drunk. Are there any secret sins in my life? Am I sinning behind closed doors? 
Am I looking at pornography on my smartphone or computer? How's my thought life? Do I have any thoughts of bitterness towards someone? Am I harboring anger towards somebody? Am I indulging in lustful fantasies? Is there pride in my heart? If there's sin in my life, then the will of God is really very simple. I need to repent of my sin and turn back to the Lord. Otherwise, I'm really not on speaking terms with him. And perhaps I'm not receiving direction from the Lord because I already have directions from the Lord that I just have not obeyed yet. The Lord's will has been revealed to me, but I have not acted on it. And spiritually, we can be stationary for a long time, for years possibly. The fact is, if I'm not doing the Lord's already revealed will, why should the Lord tell me what else to do? And for myself, I have to confess, there have been times where I have been guilty of not obeying the Lord's clear direction. Now, I have to say, it was about seven years ago this first happened, but um, there was a time where there were some um, persistent questions from the elders. They asked me if I would consider teaching in the 10 o'clock hour, playing those interactive Bible studies. And I resisted that. The fact was, I was not comfortable uh, leading a discussion, and I just didn't want to, I did, I did not want to do it. It was a scary thing for me to do. But time went on, I got a couple more questions, if I would consider teaching in the 10 o'clock hour, and I still said no. And I can tell you, two years of not doing something, that I knew the Lord wanted me to do, it really felt like two years in a rut where I was going nowhere spiritually. I mean, there were, it was a couple of years of just really feeling, feeling, a lot of times where I felt depressed and stagnant. It's a terrible feeling to be out of the Lord's will. Eventually, one of the elders had to give me a rebuke and got me moving again. Now, all this time, I've been making an analogy between something like a GPS and the leading of the Lord. And really, though, it's a very poor analogy because the Lord, the Lord is not some impersonal machine giving you directions when you ask for them. The Lord leads us in a loving way. This is how the Lord describes himself. He says that he is a good shepherd who gives his life for the sheep. That's in John, Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 11. The Lord, the Lord is not only all-knowing, omniscient, but he's also loving. He wants to lead us in a loving way. So just to recap, there were five ways we went over about knowing God's will. One, the word of God your own Bible. Two, we have prayer. Three, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Fourth, 
already be doing, already be doing the Lord's will. A fifth. If you need to ask, ask for godly counsel. The elders are there if you need them. Now, this has been a message with already a lot of application. I don't want to give you too much to do. But just one more thing. This is something that struck me uh, in a recent class we had um, from the Sermon on the Mount class at 10 o'clock. In reference to God's will, we'll just, I'll just turn there to Matthew chapter 6. So these are the first uh, few lines of, the, of what we call the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In that last line, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, try putting in place of the words on earth, try putting the words my life, because you are included in the earth. Your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. I have to to confess for myself, I have been negligent in my prayer life, often in praying this. I'd like to challenge you this morning to pray today, pray daily this week, that the Lord's will be done in my life as it is in heaven. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you do reveal your will to us, and you want to reveal your will to us, and we thank you for your gentle and loving leading. And Lord, we pray for everyone here, for myself, that we would have a heart receptive to your will and just wanting to do your will and not ours, that we would be all empty of self and just be filled with your spirit. We do pray these things in Jesus' name.